Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. How often do you feel alone in life? More often than you should. God said from the beginning, it's not good for us to be alone. He gave us each other to be a community of people on earth. And he also promised us his presence. Throughout the Bible, we see the many ways God reminds us of his presence, especially the visible way he reminded us of his presence with the temple. But that temple pointed to the ultimate way he would be with us. In Jesus, the true temple. And before he left, Jesus said he would be with us always. As Jesus lives in our hearts, we are now God's temple, God's presence here on earth, because Jesus is present in our hearts. And that is our focus for this week's podcast. It's a story that you wish was coincidental, but has sadly become the norm. I remember walking through a neighborhood one fall day when our family lived in Georgia. As I was walking, Terry approached me. I was passing by as she was raking leaves and we struck up a conversation. And after doing the small talk dance of talking weather, she asked me what I do. And at the time, I was a pastoral intern or a vicar doing my field training portion of my seminary work. And I kid you not, the moment I said I was serving at a church, you could feel the tone of the conversation get chillier than the fall air. Terry shared how she used to go to church until her pastor stopped caring about her or even noticing she was there. She talked about how church people are hypocrites and don't really care about others. Right before my eyes, her church-inflicted wounds were wide open. She had left her church two years ago, or two years before, and said, I've never felt closer to God than I do now. I honestly don't see the need for church. Terry's not alone in that. A recent Gallup poll shows that for the first time in American history, the percentage of Americans who consider themselves members of a religious community, it's below 50%. Many like Terry left because they were burned by toxic relationships. Others left the church because it didn't seem relevant. In our world of internet culture, people are curating their own spiritual experience that suits them, and more often than not, going to church no longer fits that criteria. One thing remains the same. People are longing for a spiritual connection. According to Pew Research, an estimated 96% of Americans believe in some sort of divine being. But the question billions around the world are searching to answer isn't, is there a God? Where can God be found? If there was ever a place that deserved a 300-foot flashing neon billboard that visually screamed, God is here, it was King Solomon's temple. This temple was overlaid in so much gold, so much silver, so much bronze, that the estimated cost in today's dollars is $4 billion. 
the architecture made Jaws drop. It was all designed to reflect the Garden of Eden, the, pl the place where God walked with his most precious creation, human beings. How could someone walk into such a space and not think, this is where God is, this has to be the place. But is that what it takes to be in God's presence? An impressive building? Is God's presence only given when we have the right feeling or emotion? Is this where God is found? Isn't that so often the kind of signs we look for to know if God is really present, if he is really here? We look for him in the constantly evolving world of emotions. We look for churches that quote-unquote feel right. They have the music we like, the rush of emotion we crave, the programs for our kids. When people church shop, they're really searching to answer the question, where is God? Because it's not just when we're looking for a church. It's everything we do in life. We're searching for God in every moment. When you and I face a big life decision and we ask for God's guidance, aren't we a lot of the time secretly hoping that he'll give us that gut feeling to point us in the right direction? Are we looking at emotions hoping they'll give us that feeling of God's presence? Do we judge whether or not God is with us based on outward circumstances? He's with us when things are great, but not with us when things go wrong. Where can we find God? 1 Kings chapter 9 has some powerful things to teach us here. You know why the temple became God's dwelling among the Israelites? It had nothing to do with the price tag or the structure. It didn't matter that it was made of gold and not a cardboard box. What made this God's church was God's word. Look at what he says. Very clearly, I have consecrated this temple. I've set it apart, which you have built by putting my name there forever. God's word is where we find God. God's word is what makes a church a true church. His name, how he describes himself in the Bible, is where we find him. But often we find ourselves lost and feeling alone, like God isn't there. Isn't that the type of loneliness Satan wants for you and me? Isn't that the fear our sinful nature whispers to us constantly? Are you really sure that God loves you? How can you know he'll be with you always? We know what God's word says. First commandment, you shall have no other gods, but we go off searching for them anyway. I'm not just talking about other gods like Allah or Brahma, but the gods, quote-unquote, of success and wealth. If I have X amount of dollars and I know the Lord is blessing me, or the gods, quote-unquote, of relationships, if he likes me or she appreciates me, then I know life will be good, or the gods that churches are always tempted to fall into. If God gives us X amount of members, or if we have this program or have this music or this amount in the budget, in the bank account, then we know that God is truly with us. Is that really where God is found? Are you starting to see why Jesus was flipping tables in our John 2 reading? He wasn't having a rage session or a venting moment. He was furious because he hates anything that comes between us and God. In the temple at Jesus' time, money was getting in the way. Money became the focus of the church, not the grace of God found in the scriptures. And Jesus can't stand it when things get between us and God or when churches forget why they exist. To spread the greatest news ever that through Jesus' death on the cross, we have life and hope forever. He keeps calling to us through the word and the sacraments when we look to anything else other than the word for his presence because he can't bear the thought of not having you at his side. That's why Jesus hates sin so much. He hates it because it gets in the way. It cuts us off from connecting with God. It's sin that makes us lost. All the things that feel natural to us are wrong when it comes to finding God. So where can we find him? 
You and I can't discover him on our own. But he's found you. Did you catch that in 1 Kings 9 when God says, My heart and my eyes will always be there. His, his eyes and heart see it all. He notices you. He knows you. How can that still be true? How could God's eyes and heart still be at the temple? Solomon's temple was destroyed in 586 BC. It's here that we see the true temple, the foundation of the church. A temple not built by bricks, but by the wood of the cross. In John 2, Jesus reveals himself to be the true temple of God, and he says, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it in three days. He is the place where God is found. Solomon's temple is pointing ahead to when God would come among his people. Be in our presence and through faith live in our hearts. Jesus would rise again and on that Easter Sunday, Satan's sin and death could never hold us back from the Lord and his love. Jesus is our temple. And just think about what that means for us. His eyes and heart are always with us. He is our temple, our escape and stability in this turbulent life. His eyes see you and me when we start to drift out of his presence. He sees it all, every mistake and hurt we cause. But here's where we see his undying love for us. He doesn't look away. Instead, his mind and heart go into action as he writes our life stories so we can be found in him again. He uses consequences to lead us home into his presence again. But those consequences can often come across as loveless. When in reality, they're the most loving things God has ever given to us. Now, maybe you cringed a little when I read 1 Kings 9, 6-9, or if you were reading it while following along in this podcast. But if you or your descendants turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule. Literally, people will hiss at them among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People answered, Because they have forsaken the Lord their God, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. Becoming a byword, being hissed at or being cut off, but that sounds horrible, but do you see the true temple of God, Jesus, here? Do you see the heart of the Lord behind it all? Do you see why this Thanksgiving, especially, you want to thank God, thank Jesus for the adversity and pain we've experienced in life? I know this seems counterintuitive. One of the most loving things Jesus does for us is call us out. His love is too strong to let you and me simply wander away from him without a fight. He knows the perfect means to turn us back to him. It might mean losing everything we have, but faith? But you know what? If we lose everything but faith, and if that's what it takes for us to be with Jesus now and forever, wouldn't you say it's worth it? I mean, just think about the amazing gospel here. Jesus has directed everything in your life so you could always be found in him. So when you face death, you won't ask, where is God? Because you know soon you'll see his face, and what was once hidden from you will then be known. Author Tim Keller says this beautifully, absolutely beautifully. He says, God will only give you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. Isn't that cool? You can thank God for even your darkest times because he brought you closer to him through it. You've been found in Jesus. He's present with you. It's in him you live. It's on his cornerstone of the cross that our church is built. He is ruling here and in our hearts 
We find His presence there. I don't know your experience with church, but I know Jesus is present with us, your divine Savior. See, what makes divine Savior a magnificent church isn't because we're rich or we're culturally hip. We have a magnificent church because we're built on the true temple, Jesus. God's word is everything to us because it's there God finds us. The Lord's Supper is a huge deal for us because the Bible tells us that Jesus' body and blood are present and he wants to connect his forgiveness to us personally and fully in a way we can taste. This church is amazing because it's full of people who know the love and hope of Jesus and are committed to being there for one another no matter what adversity we go through. That's why it's a huge deal we get to welcome new members to our family. Why, it's a huge deal. We couldn't be more thrilled to welcome LaToya, Kathy, and Jacques today. As every church is, we're filled with broken, simple people who are filled with regrets and often burdened with guilt, but there's beauty in that. We gather as the hurting, struggling Christians we are because we long to hear again and again that God is with us. He sees us. He knows us. He forgives us. We gather because we need to lay our sins before God together and to hear again that Jesus has taken away all our sins by his blood. We don't hide our weaknesses, but we rejoice in them. Because when we are at our weakest, then we are strong. Because we're no longer looking for the right emotion or circumstance to give us the joy of God's presence, but we cling to Jesus and find in him the satisfaction for all our deepest longings. Because we know we're found in God's grace. Through faith in Jesus, we keep him as our ultimate treasure. We don't get disillusioned by the devil's lies and empty promises. And we thank God when trials and pain come. Because we know there's a reason behind it. We know he's using it to keep us close to him. We make Thanksgiving not just a holiday, but a lifestyle. By thanking the Lord for each breath, not criticizing his plans for us, but joyfully following them through and through. That's the best part about being in a church family. We walk together. So where's God? You might find yourself asking that question as you sit at the Thanksgiving table, wondering why your family isn't what you wish it was, or that 2022 didn't go exactly as planned. But by faith, you won't dwell on that. Instead, you'll remember the true temple, Jesus, who is always with you. You'll remember your church family who loves you, and you'll know the most beautiful gift you'll ever have. You've been found by God, and you'll never be lost and alone. Amen. It's such a joy to bring you this podcast. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration as you reflect and meditate on the many gifts that God has given us, not just this year, but throughout our lives. Jesus is with you, and until next time, God bless.